You know what they do is they say, "Oh, we've got to see, got to see the tits." Yep, those are the tits. <laughs> and you're like, "Well, good. We've all acknowledged the thing that we all know that sometimes you see boobs, and you've used it as an excuse to yeah. see and boobs. You, and you see boobs, find... and then immediate death. And That's then, kind yeah. of how it works." Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening today. In our studio, we have Zach. Hello. We have Liz. Hello. And we have Kobe. Howdy. And we're going to be reviewing the 2012 horror slash comedy, The Cabin in the Woods. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today, we have Zach and Liz. If you would like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them about the pod work you do, please. Hello, uh, I am Zachary Fortescom. I'm the creator of The Orphans, which is a science fiction podcast uh, all about um, clones and space and civil war and lots and lots of feelings. Um Yes, you can find it by searching The Orphans on any podcatcher or online. The Orphans? How did you come come up with the name The Orphans? Uh, Oh, um, it was a long process to find the title because it was not the original title. And then I was like, this original title sucks. Um, And it was too connected to like religious iconography that I was like, I didn't want to include at all in in the show. Yeah. and so we were like thinking about different things that would connect to like the series ongoing uh and we stumbled upon the orphans uh as a connection to orphan black if that makes sense yeah with a tv show on netflix (laughs) 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 and who are you uh, I'm Elizabeth Campbell. I uh, work on a couple of podcasts. Uh, mainly I work on Wooden Overcoats as the production manager, which is a, a comedy sitcom about rival funeral directors. And I am the business manager for Victoriosity, which is a steampunk comedy mystery set in an alternate Victorian London. So can you tell us a bit about you, how you got into podcasts? Because you have a full-time job. Yes. <laughs> doing um, serious stuff. Yes. Um, how, how have you got involved in the podcast world as, as the production manager and, and the uh, business so manager? My, my serious job is I'm, I'm a lawyer. I'm a criminal lawyer, um, <laughs> which is... So you need moments of levity in your life. I mean, to be quite honest, yes, exactly that. It's, uh, I, it's a job that I enjoy very much, uh, but could not do every second of my time. Um, I got very lucky, to be honest, uh, joining podcasting. I knew um, Felix Trench and David K. Barnes from uh, university. Yeah, okay. we, we all did student theatre together up in Edinburgh. And uh, when we all moved to London, we lived together. And they made Wooden Overcoats uh, season one while living with me. Okay. So I was the weird hanger on. And uh, <laughs> when they wanted to make season two and start getting somebody to help organise and bringing some money and stuff like that. Uh, I was literally next door in the next room, listening through the wall <laughs> like a creeper um, and elbowed my way into that. And it's been the the best elbowing that I've uh, I've ever done. It's been a joy. Maybe Liz can do it. Yes, I can. I, yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not far off. You are not far off. Uh, well, I, I enjoy um, 
the guys in Woody Overcoats, including obviously Tom, who's uh, yes. leads Victoriosity. Yes. Um, all great bunch of guys. And we really do help really hold them in high esteem, especially because they were Tom and Felix in particular came on to they were the first recordings for Flixwater yes. without us actually having released an episode. So they kind of like replied to a want ad on Facebook. <laughs> Forging the path. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, we've since had many, many others. Yeah, I think you're, well. yeah. you're potentially the last. Well, there'll be some cast. Uh, Belinda Lang, we've not had yeah, her on no, the show. No, <laughs> I don't think you'll get Belinda no. Lang. We might get Belinda. <laughs> well, not uh, in person, yeah. we've been told. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but, have, you, have you met Belinda? Because she doesn't turn no, up. No, yeah. she, um, so she, she plays Madeline, the, nar- the narrator. And because she's got isolated parts and she's so busy and important and I we got very lucky to have her. She always uh, records her lines separately. So uh, Andy and John, our producers, have have met her and the rest of us. I don't know. It, it could just be Andy Goddard doing a voice and we'll never know. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past We'd him. We'd never know. Just claiming it's Belinda just, Lang. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Found a picture on the internet. He's like, yeah. yeah never that's really it. Yeah. never work Oh, yeah. Go, go, Do go some Photoshop. Lang. I put the script name yeah. in. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to be talking about The Cabin in the Woods, which yes. is your choice, Zach. Yes, it is. Can you tell us... Uh, why you why you chose it for us and also you got two minutes for a synopsis no more no less great so no, I cho- you got less <laughs> um so i um chose this film because it is uh i think it is a turning point in horror uh in in the current generation the current remit of horror uh we've had we've been very lucky to have such a um renaissance in horror with uh, franchises like the conjuring have really changed horror and you have uh, it has come out and that's a massive success mm-hmm. um but i i do really think that the cabin in the woods because of how it uh redefined the genre uh, has really allowed for this kind of renaissance of horror to come about. Uh, and to tell you a bit about the film, it is uh, essentially uh, a movie that juxtaposes a B-movie horror of a group of young kids who go up to a cabin in the woods, juxtaposed against the people who are performing a ritual, a very technologically informed ritual, uh, to kill them. For, <laughs> yes, uh, and controls their fate through the medium of horror film. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Cabin in the Woods, Helen? Um, so I, I saw this at the cinema, um, and to us, I was massively disappointed with it. Um, I really was really, really expecting um, a lot more from it. So I'm, I'm quite a big horror fan, and um, I think, I, I think I was expecting another scream, possibly. Mm. Uh, there's things about it that I really like. Um, I really, really like kind of the sort of setup and that they're, they're being watched. But I think once it gets to the bit with the bloodlines and that, I kind of, I, I lose it a little bit. And I think, I think for me, they try and fit too many slightly odd things in it. And I kind of would have been just enjoying it for the, the, the sort of, um, you know, conjuring up the destiny um, without like, I, I still don't really work out what happens at the end. World angry ends. gods take over the world and that's because they didn't get the right amount of blood in or they did get the right mm, amount no, of blood it, in or so they... what it is is they it's not about the blood it's that they're performing a ritual in that a certain number of them must die in a certain way and that will appease the gods they are a sacrifice and if it's performed in the right way they will agree to stay dormant and remain the four archetypes well five yeah. archetypes the virgin is an optional yeah. death um they have to kill one of each to yeah 
appease the elder gods, basically. Yeah. Or they will come back. And, and they don't. And so the elder gods come and blow up the world. Yeah. No sequels. Yeah. Uh, mm, I, <laughs> well. I would very much like to see more uh, exploration of this mm. world. They have they set up such a lovely kind of world that you see only glimpses of. And I, I, I do think there is room for a... Cabin in the Woods TV series. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your thoughts, Liz? Um, I uh, both agree with Helen and, in fact, uh, will one-up that. I have been massively disappointed by this movie twice. Um, the first... so Because I... I used to like, yeah, kind of the schlocky horrors in the 90s and Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer, Final Destination. There was a whole genre. And um, I, to be honest, I haven't really seen many much horror since then, but I used to watch a lot of those. And I really like Joss Whedon. I, Buffy is one of my, you know, all-time best shows. Yep. And I was really excited. And I, I knew what the premise was. I knew, you know, it was uh, a piss take of... of those kind of movies and um, that the whole concept was actually was being controlled by the secret organization and all of these people are being kind of forced into the tropes that we see. And um, I thought, oh yes, that, oh, that sounds clever. Oh, it's going to be, we're going to have, we're going to have a movie. And then subtly we're going to see them discovering that they're actually all being controlled into doing this. Um, and it wasn't that. And in many ways, I suppose it's my own fault for getting my hopes up. Uh, but the thing is, you know the twist from from minute one. You yeah. know, it starts in the office, so it's not the, it's not a twist. It's just a premise, which sure. Um, well, that's, and, the, that's the that's the main twist. Yeah. Sorry, there's like the, there's the, yeah, the premise is, but there's the twist with the kind of the, the gods. I think. Yeah. There's no, there a, yeah. there's a twist where they they break out of the mold, and I think that's yeah. fair. But I think I assumed that it was going to be a kind of clever build up to to a, a reveal that this is actually a controlled thing. Again, you know, maybe th that was my own fault for thinking it, but mm -hmm. I, um, so I, I got that in my head. I saw it the first time and I, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I like it, but I was disappointed because I thought it was going to be a bit clever. Um, and then when, uh, Zach suggested this movie, mm. somehow in my brain, I thought, Oh yes, I remember that. That's really clever. Um, <laughs> And then I watched it again. I go, oh no, I've done it again. I've assumed it was a different movie, um, and it's fine. I, I thought it, but it not would as have good. got better. I thought like maybe I just missed things the first time yeah. around, and maybe it will be the film that it said it was going to be yeah. to me. I I think watching it back with a bit more of a fine tooth comb. I think also, yeah, my fundamental problem with this is again, it's it's good, it's funny, I like it, but it it could have easily been so much more. There's a lot of really good ideas that they just kind of state and then quickly abandon and you kind of think, no, just follow that through. That was a that was good. Like, like what? Well, um luckily I've brought I've brought a shit yes, notes. Please. Um I think um, you know, one of the 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 big thing I mean Possibly before I get into this, does Kobe want to tell us what he thinks? No, no, of this yeah, movie? sorry. Take, go to your what your um, your main beefs. I think <laughs> um, so. You know, it, it just it it sets up some really good um, concepts about uh, you know the rules, the things that we'd recognize from these movies. Um, the archetypes being kind of the big the big one. There's the what the the virgin, the whore, the scholar, the soldier, fool. and the fool. fool. Um, and yes, it's true. And that comes back in. And, you know, part of the movie is that they they are all manipulated to becoming those archetypes. They mm. aren't that at the start and they become manipulated. And the beginning of the movie does an excellent, like there's a real economy of writing in the first scene with with the the 
yeah. five characters where they immediately do a small thing that shows you that they're not those archetypes. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the virgin immediately, we know that she's been sleeping with her professor mm. and the one who's the scholar, we see him first catch a football. He said he's the top of the football team. Yeah. Um, you know, Kurt recommends some books. Like, you know, it's despite what they look like and all that, they just do a small little thing and you're like, all right, mm. these, these, these characters have a bit of depth. But they don't do it for all of them. They kind of forget. And so they do that. Um, the ooh, What's the blonde one? Um, Jules. Jules. Jules, yeah. Um, she doesn't really get that. We get a line slightly no. later on where they say she's yeah. pre-med. Okay. Yeah. But they kind of forget. And I think that's... Well, she, make, she makes out with a wolf. A stuffed yeah. wolf. Yeah. But we don't but see was, her not was, be a whore. That was once they, that's once they go into the cabin and yeah. that's when their archetypes are starting yeah. to be forced upon them, wasn't it? Well, it's it, well with her, it's even earlier because they say that the bleaching of yes. her hair was what's like dropping her IQ points. Well, and this is it though, but we never really get to see her not dumb No, blood. yeah, I, I think that's and, fair. And that's the thing. So I think, it's a sh- I think they just kind of, we are told, oh, we've made her dumb by the by the yeah. uh, hair dye, but we're not shown it. And you, so you just think, well, you had a you had a good thing going and you've you've not. So if she'd mm. have gone at the start of the film, she'd um you'd see her getting the bleach out with the dark with the dark hair and, and doing uh, XYZ. More, I mean the first thing we see her doing is taking out textbooks from Dana's bag, mm-hmm. saying, Why, Why do you, you bring these? these? Yeah. But the thing is, if the whole point is to show her as something different then yeah. show her going, oh, I, I love this sociology textbook. Or I don't know, you know, something like that to just say, oh, yeah, no, she's not just a, a, a dumb whore. Um, sorry, that's, that's not that's <laughs> we're calling that. But, you. Uh, you know, the, the archetype, she is she is something different. So I think they only kind of half did that one. Yeah, um, that's fair. And I think, you know, similarly, they do that with, you know, they're talking about um, that they have to choose to tra- transgress, to be punished. Again, a real horror trope this uh dispositional alignment theory that you know the sinners must be punished and we want to see them be naughty and then get stabbed um and yeah you've got the characters who you know they well first of all they're all manipulated so is it even free choice who knows but like okay the you know uh jules and kurt have sex in the woods they deserve to die fine that's a common trope but like the scholar chap holden Hmm. he doesn't transgress he he has his opportunity with the one-way mirror um, yeah. where he makes the conscious choice to say, no, 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 I will not see the boobs. Yeah. And you think, okay, well, that's the, that's the setup. We know that he's an all right dude. Then you see him later on making on, out with Dana. That's surely the point where he's transformed, where he's supposed to transgress. And she says, oh, I, I don't want to have sex with you. And he says, oh, whatever you want. And you go, oh, yes, that's the correct answer, sir. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so I don't, I, what, I don't, why did he deserve to die, Zach? Angry gods. Uh, no, I didn't particularly see it that way in that they were transgressing in that way. Um, I can understand that point with them having sex in the woods, but I think the transgression itself is them meddling in the room of horror. Well, that's the other rule that they give, which is they have to choose a way yes. to die. Yes. So they choose the not zombies, the hillbilly, oh, yeah, the hillbilly. cannibal, whatever, yeah. um, which is, is no, very no, no, no. funny. No, no, I chose zombies. No, no, you chose yeah. zombies, not these zombies. That's <laughs> yeah, a not, great uh, scene. Backwoods hillbilly pain worshipping yeah. zombies. Yeah. But totally again, different species. if the rules of the world that in order yeah. to appease this ritual, they mm. have to choose their way to die. Yeah. Kurt dies by accident in a very funny scene, so I forgive it because it's a very funny scene. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, at the but, end but, when... But in trying to yeah. escape them. But, okay. Because they've, they've fought and escaped. 
So already they they are going against what the God's rules are. Mm. So he his death is not is, is coincidental. They're but, trying at the end to save the world though by having Dana shoot Marty. Mm. If they could just if they just had to kill five kids, why don't they just drive that van off a cliff? Why did they need to go with the cannibal zombies? Well, what are the rules? What are the rules of this universe? Well, I think I think it was very much that. Well, I think first of all that was a last ditch attempt to save things. We don't know if him, if her shooting him, would save everything, despite of all the characters saying mm. that it would. <laughs> yes. Um, however. I think it was very much like this is an ancient ritual. This is how it's like to be done. And it's very much implied throughout the whole time that the gods are watching what is happening yeah. and are enjoying the show. It is the greatest show on earth. We need the goods. Oh, do we really have to see the nudity? We're not the only ones watching this. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's kind of fair. I just felt that, but like, these are just examples. I just felt where they they decided to play on a trope, mm. kind of half committed and then kind of forgot they were doing the thing and then went somewhere else. And it was just a bit like, oh, okay, well, you've, you've said you've said what you were going for. Because they always have a line saying, well, they have to make the choice or, mm. oh, we've fixed the hair, hair dye, which is fine. But then they just they explained to you what they were going for and then just didn't bother. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. No. I, I quite enjoyed this film. Um, the, the, I saw it in the cinema when it first came out as well. And I think my main takeaway from it at that time was that I don't really watch that much horror, so maybe I wasn't getting all the kind of references. Um, since seeing it, this is the second time I've seen it since it came out. Um, haven't watched any much more horror, but do get a bit more of the references. Um, and hasn't really changed in that respect for me. But I, I just generally kind of took it for what it was. as like a very obvious satirical view on the mm. horror genre. Um, if you want something a bit more nuanced, then you're looking at the screen films, you know, as, yeah. as a kind of like, yeah, this is how horror films work. But I think this was just like, this is how horror works because they have to do it because of you know X Y Z mm. beings above that we don't ever see, but they need the blood in the right order and fine blah blah blah. Plus, then you have Bradley Whitford and Rich Jenkins mm. kind of being comedic in some a another office. It's somewhere. very funny. Yeah. It is very exactly. funny. Yeah. See, so, that's so, what I took away from it. So I, was, I wasn't. I, was, I didn't think it. I wasn't thinking about it on the levels that you were. Um, <laughs> Severe pedantry. The, the, the thing is, it sets itself up to be taken on that level. And it, it tries to make itself more complicated than it needed to be. And in by doing that, it takes away some of the fun because you're 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 kind of overthinking it. Whereas Which I have definitely enjoy- done, I, I yes. I don't know that it necessarily mm. does. I mean, from the first scene, it, it's very comedic and it's meant to juxtapose. The it's w- going for clever. It, okay, yeah, it is it's going, for, going clever. for Yeah, and, that is fair. And again, I'm a Joss Whedon from- fan. He is clever. Yes. Maybe it's true Goddard who's the problem. True. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But I do think I do think it does from the start tell you kind of yeah what they're going for. And yes, it's clever, but also they're here to to sit on these tropes, have some fun with them, twist mm. them in certain ways. I, I never felt that it, it it betrayed its own logic. Well, one thing it does betray is it betrays its horror in that it's not particularly scary and there's not really that much inventive horror. So it it's like, okay, yeah, it's kind of funny, but there should at least be some jumps or some shocks or... There was some... a unicorn. But I don't... That was pretty but great. But again, I don't think that's the point of it. I think the point... Like, I think they're not trying to make a horror film. 
They're trying to deconstruct the horror genre. I think, like, in you can see in the selection of the monsters, like, when they say, oh, maintenance always chooses the same ones. Like, it's not that interesting. It's a bit boring. They've chosen the bland zombie torture death family. I th- I don't... I think they're making a point of saying, like, this is the standard B-movie horror. They're not trying to make the new face of horror. They're trying to take the genre deconstruct it and show you the tropes and 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 they really want to de- like peel back the layers of it peel back the horror of it and just show you what is work what's working what's what are the cogs inside of this my only main issue that with this is that it's a bit too obvious with what it's trying to do um like when the yeah. the um the virgin quote unquote i can't remember the names i'm not gonna learn them dana um, virgin <laughs> oh, they're archetypes that's the point yeah. they don't need names when you know a common thing in horror films is that they use a weapon yeah. that's reusable. Well, yeah, keep hold of it and then have the shock. They give yeah. her the shock so she drops it and you know forgets about it straight away. So it's things like that. I was just like, okay, well, they're just going to explain you know, the pheromones in the mist outside, which means we're striving crazy, which means they have to have sex outside inappropriately in an unsafe place. And I, I just took it as like face value. They're just kind of going, that's why all those things, yeah. which people who like someone like myself, who doesn't really like horror for reasons such as that's a dumb thing to do. Why are you going to separate out? You should keep in a group. Like those kind of things. So I just took it as a non-horror fan going, yes, that is stupid. I'm glad <laughs> someone's acknowledged that. Let's move on to the next thing. I agree. And, and I, well, sorry. I've... Yeah. No, that, I mean, that, that, and that's why I perhaps as a, uh, I think that's perhaps why I took, I, I liked it more because I was just going, yes, you've acknowledged that's a stupid thing in horror. Go to the next point. And to, refer back to your point at the start mm. Zach when you're talking about the kind of new wave of horror films um, not seen Conjuring not seen Annabelle I think the premise of those look a bit dumb uh, but I do mm. like the Blumhouse kind of style of things yeah. you, you, you get out and you um, the purges and stuff like that I think that's a really kind of and that kind of horror yeah. aspect us is a really and get and the quiet place and stuff like mm. that for me I think that's a really kind of interesting type of horror and they've com- they're completely different to this kind of stuff that Cabin in the Woods is yeah. is kind of poking fun at. And I think that's probably why they appeal to me a lot more than yeah. the Evil Dead, um, Donna Dead, you know, um, what's the one with the spike head, pinhead one? Oh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yes. That, they, that, that Cabin in the Woods is mm. alluding to. Well, I think, I think Cabin in the Woods is the reason why I think there has been that shift in the horror genre towards things that are so different or if they're doing a retread of something else they give it a more modern twist they give it more depth because they if because modern audiences have seen this Mm. and they're not going to respond as well to just the same tropes over and over again see possibly i think realistically things like weirdly um scary movie um, the sequels yeah. let us never acknowledge, no. but the first scary movie for mm. all of its, there's, you know, there's a lot of kind of gross out humor and, and real silliness, but like <laughs> that was, this is it. If, if they're going for comedy, that was just a, a real, you know, mm. rip of all of those movies. Um, and it was really well done. I do think this one was, was, well, it's funny, was trying to be more intellectual about mm. it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to be honest, I, I couldn't tell you the, t- the time frames of like when these these movies started shifting. But, you know, I think I don't know if this the the this. So, the, I mean, this came out right before the superhero 
yeah. trend. Yeah. yeah. So um, is- <laughs> Chris Hemsworth got cast as Thor during filming of this. Yeah. Well, this was that then because they Thor came out before this. No, Thor came out. So, so they they filmed oh, they- this in two thousand and nine, yeah. yes. and it was delayed okay. and only released in two thousand and twelve. Went bankrupt. Yeah, because the studio went bankrupt. Whoops. Um, but you know, one of the reasons I think we're getting different horror not to get too nuances they're spending all their money on the superhero movies mm. and a lot of horror is actually really cheap to make or the yeah. horror that we're seeing now which is really you know psychological mm. um you know i don't i don't know if this movie was enough of a tear down of the old tropes to have changed the genre no, I, don't, but... I don't think it's single-handedly responsible uh but i do think it was a massive contributing factor because it's a very popular film and it was very popular on home video as well and I think enough people started recognizing the tropes because of it that the old formula for horror slowly started to not be as enticing, if that makes sense. I think though with a lot of horror fans, they they recognize the tropes and they mm. looked out for them in films. So that was part of the fun, almost like a bingo card. Mm. And also, you know, the thing of within the first five minutes, you have four plus people and you kind of think you you put them into those pockets, into those into those boxes, and part of the game is to see if it does play out as you expect them to do. Mm. Uh, I think I, I would have thought that's month. I don't know. Is that part of the fun of a? Yeah, of I mean, kind it's, of... it's 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 kind of the fun. Um, it is interesting, and you know, partly just seeing who gets killed first is is always <laughs> good fun. Um, yeah, I I mean, I agree with everything that everyone said about it. Um, <laughs> I just I was just really disappointed from kind of how it had been built up or sold to me and I don't know I just think that it doesn't do as well as it thinks it does either being a horror a comedy or being a takedown on the genre Agreed. it kind of does all three of them but it doesn't do one of them really well or all three of them really well I mean there's things in it that I do really like I really like the um kind of like the the Japanese schoolgirls and how mm. they defeat the the, the Ringu kind mm. of character well, which every, is kind of, don't, doesn't every other region defeats the um but we don't see how the other regions defeat it and it's 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 just that one which I I, I really like um I mean it's a shame that we get boobs but we don't get naked Chris Hemsworth <laughs> which you know had it had it been inside then we might have done to but get the, the balance w- wasn't that part of the the uh, piss take on the genre is doing there are always boobs in, in those yeah, movies. That's, yeah, that's, that's the thing, wasn't it? If it uh, yeah, I but, think that's part of the, the play on it. Play on it with a naked Chris Helms? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay I mean, that, that, yeah, that kind of would have been a, a, a bit more of a, a, a sort of play on, on the genre. Again, um, it was one of those things. Because it's, yeah. it's him as well. and you, you mm. They had, you know... Again, their entire quote unquote takedown. Oh, sorry, that sounded really unnecessarily sarcastic. Quote unquote, quote unquote But, you know, what they do is they say, oh, we've got to see, got to see the tits. Yep, those are the tits. And you're like, well, good. We've all acknowledged the thing that we all know that sometimes you see boobs and you've used it as an excuse to yeah. see boobs. And you, and you see boobs fine. and then immediate death. That's and then, kind yeah. of how it works. Fine, but it's really more, you've just stated a thing as opposed to done anything particularly creative with it, which is, again, it's fine. And I did, I did actually like this movie. I appreciate I'm coming across really negative, but it could have been mm. more... It could have been really clever. The concept is great, and it just misses again. I think on I all wonder, those three also things. Also, the like when they, when they kind of get to um, the monster store. Mm. I mean, some of those monsters in there are fucking awesome. Well, yeah, like you would have liked to have yep. seen. Like I really really like the um, 
kind of the the modern um, pinhead Hellraiser type yeah. thing. Yeah. And you know, there's there's some really really kind of inventive, weird, freaky death shit that happens at the end. Yeah. And you just think, oh, if you'd have brought some of this in a bit this. earlier, oh, <laughs> yeah. some, some of those. Yeah crazy beasts and that's i think then for me that's when the film got more fun is when you know they they really started messing with genres and reality hmm. and and things like that a little bit more that's fair um yeah i think uh, let's head to the scores guys and uh, keep on keep on talking obviously um this was I think this is Drew Goddard's first directorial film. Yes, he uh, then went to do Create Daredevil and then direct Bad Times of the L.A.L. Is Royale. he in charge of Daredevil? I think he Which was. Which one? The Netflix. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, I do think he was only responsible for like maybe the first half of the first season and then he fucked off. Well, he was the Cloverfield writer. Is yeah. That right? yeah. He also wrote the script for the definitely not happening anymore Sinister Six movie. <laughs> wow, they're still going. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're not anymore. Not, not now that Tom Holland's on the scene. Now, I was just thinking in terms of direct. I've known his his name's loom large, mm. typically with Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Yeah. Josh. Uh, but he's only actually done this and a, a yeah. few episodes of The Good Place and yeah. Bad Time. So I was quite surprised. I just, I just assumed he was. His name it was loomed so large that he directed the film. Mm. So this being his director's debut was like well, he, he he was a writer. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was main, he was working alongside Joss on yeah, all of the Buffy. Alias and Buffy and Angel. Yeah, he did season of seven of Buffy mm. as is where I've I had first heard about him. First heard about him, um, and yeah, I mean it's. I, I don't. I think it's directed well. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't think I, that's the problem. I really love uh, all the things that he's. I love Bad Times the El Royale. I think it's really, really well done. And you know, obviously, Chris Hemsworth. I am wondering if if the issues that you guys are are are, are feeling with it comes from the the writing process because they wrote it over a weekend. Yeah, really, that, maybe that is the of a the... second draft. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you should just been Sam in that shit. hotel room and just been like, "What's the theme?" That is, that is. Zach and I have written together. Listening in <laughs> next door. When yeah. I say written together, I mean Zach's done writing, writing, and I've sat next to him shouting, "What's the theme of yeah. every scene?" It's very so helpful. It's. I think it is extremely helpful. Well, you know, what? I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Zach. Yes. Recommendability score out of five. I, I, I honestly would give this a five out of five. I really, really really enjoy this movie um i'm sorry that you guys don't but i would i would recommend this movie please um i i would still recommend this more than i i wouldn't um i think it's it is it, it is good I, I would probably give it a, a 3.2 um helen yeah i mean there's there's a lot of things i enjoyed about this and it's I think at the time it was pretty much probably one of the best horror films to have happened at the right time. But it's more that I was promised much more than I felt was delivered. And, you know, I just think, I know it's really hard, but Scream is just like one of Scream the best films brilliant. ever. And and what they did is nowhere near as what they were trying to That's do, um, which kind of unfair on Cabin in the Woods, but they, they did kind of promise that. And and also I think if 
I think if you if you think this is like the best film ever, but you've never seen Scream or you've never seen Cube, then you should definitely watch watch those ones. Um, so. Scary movie one. Do you think <laughs> I wouldn't even really class this as a horror? I, no, I, I, I'd uh, yeah, more class I mean, this as a you know in the same way I wouldn't class Airplane as a disaster film. It's like a piss take of a disaster film. It's what. Yeah, it's not quite a horror. It's not quite a comedy. It's not mm. quite any of these things. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, if you're saying from a horror point of view, there's really not that much great horror in it either. Mm. The, the the monsters at the end are the best horror thing about it. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen this and you're kind of curious about it and you kind of like horror generally, um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'm going to go for a four here. Um, I really did enjoy it in the cinema. Um, so I'm, giving, I'm putting my score in the wrong place. 3.5 for Helen. Da, da, da. He's fixing the scores. Yeah, It's hard work working a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to for, I think it's it's a good film. Um, interesting ideas. Maybe it doesn't stick the landing or the landing is not the way it wants to go. But I like the way it goes. It, it kind of has the explanations for stupid things. I, I refer to stupid things in, in standard horror. Um, and kind of makes me go, ah, oh, and there's a bit of a release. I feel vindicated for all those other ones and also kind of sets the mark in the line for the stuff that I like horror wise going forward um, so I'd watch it I'd recommend it to a few people who say you know should I watch this um, yeah watch it um, and let me know what you think afterwards yeah um, repeat viewing score uh, again I, I'm gonna give this like a 4.5 like I watch this quite regularly how regularly is regularly oh gosh like I watch it probably like at least once a year I think like That's I've, a lot. Yeah, I think I've seen it quite a lot. I really do enjoy this movie, and I have wa- I've shown it to other people, and I will happily watch it anytime it's on. And like, yeah, so I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna root for this <laughs> movie, guys. <laughs> uh, I expect that in five years' time, I will have forgotten that I was disappointed <laughs> by this movie, and go, "Oh, Cabin in the Woods! I remember that. That was a great film." So clever. And watch it again. <laughs> um, so so I, you have to also forget that you recorded this yes, episode. So you can be like, just, "Oh, maybe there's a reference somewhere yeah. in, on the internet." I have a terrible memory, so it's very possible. Um, yes, I. So you know, there is a good chance. To be honest, I feel like this is a film I would take a break and give another go at sure um i don't know because again it's it's it, it has lots of potential it's got lots of good ideas and i kind of find that fascinating also i get i really enjoy as you might have noticed finding the bits that that don't quite stick and and you know talking about that so to be honest i actually think it's a really interesting film even though i yeah a bit frustrated by it so i would give it a four Helen. Um, so yeah, pretty much everything you you you've said, I agree with. So, I think seven years is a reasonable gap in seven <laughs> years' yep. time. Should Sh- we? Well, shall we meet up? Yeah. Shall we have a reviewing? Um, I, I think if someone says, "Oh, I've never seen Cabin in the Woods," shall I watch it? I'll be like, "Yeah, sure, I'll join." Uh, I think, you know, uh, I I quite enjoyed seeing it again and finding it as equally as frustrating. I think there's <laughs> there's you know there's kind of something about that and i do find that uh, i find horror quite easy to to rewatch um because it's kind of fun mm-hmm. um so uh yeah i'll i'll go a four as well with that one with liz but yeah as to say i don't know it's I, I will watch it again i don't know when seven years time yes. 
I'm going to go for two here. I probably will watch again. Um, and in the in the world that we don't, we no longer have it where you just switch on a TV and see what's on. Mm. Um, I, you know, if I was still doing that, I would, and it came on. I'd, you know, a half an hour to kill an hour and a half to kill, I'd, I'd watch it. I wouldn't turn off. Um, but I, probably, I don't think I'd go looking for it necessarily. Um, small screen score. Uh, unlike all of you, I did not actually see this in the theaters. Aww. I never saw this in the theaters. Uh, so my only experience with this is on small screen. Uh, I think I would have liked to have seen that final third of the movie on a big screen. It feels like there's a lot of, of detail in there that I could take in that's not necessarily uh, coming across on the small screen. Um, that being said, I do still think it's very, very enjoyable. I mean, clearly, if I'm the one bringing it to the table on a small screen viewing. So I think I will give it 3.8, I think. Desperate places are infectious. Mm. Um, I, I, I kind of agree in that. I think, I think it, it translates all right to a small screen, but I think that last third, when, mm. when they're, uh, you know, in the, in the facility and all the, you, you know, even that panning shot, that great panning shot where you, oh, you yeah. see all the cubes with all the monsters in mm. it. Um, you know, my, my TV at home, which I did watch it on is, is fairly big. So I think I got a, a, a decent view, mm. but I think that would have been, <laughs> I mean, I did see it in theaters, but I can't, I can't remember the experience particularly well, <laughs> clearly. Um, you know, I, I think that probably would be, would have benefited from bigger screens. So I'm, ah, oh, I'm going to go with 2.5 right in the middle. Helen. Um, so I, I did enjoy seeing the cinema as I think any horror film is great with a, a shared audience whether they're there and enjoying it or not um and seeing like, the two bits like the, the you know the the monsters and the cubes and also the demise of chris hemsworth um mm. i mean it's great to kill off one of your biggest stars relatively early on but i don't I think, think no, i don't think any of them were stars i think the biggest the stars is, were bradley it, whitford but when it came out yeah. chris hemsworth had or, thor had already come out yeah. so even though it was made before yeah we all were like, oh, it's got Thor in it. Mm-hmm. He's going to survive. He's got to because he's a big name. So, so in, in, you know, regardless of what order it was filmed, it mm. was released after Thor. So he was, you know, the big name in it. And it doesn't survive till the end. Spoiler. Um, so Such there a good some, scene. That. It is a great scene because it's so bonkers and absurd and but the thing is you know something's going to happen with the bike because yeah. they've made it obvious that there's a bike in it well you know you I, and you know watching that whole time he's just like i'm gonna come back with, and you're with, like yeah and but you know you've seen in the movie like already the, the that there's a killed. fucking force field there like you as the audience know this is gonna fuck up but just seeing their commitment to yeah, it yeah you're like he might survive yeah <laughs> no it's a, it's a good scene it's a good scene um but also i think um it does kind of work well in, in the home. And, you know, if, if you've never seen it, it is on Netflix and it's good. So I'm going to fall. Yeah, small screen score. I don't think I've got much for the cinema. Um, yeah, I'm going to say a four as well. I think there's, I can't really remember seeing it at the cinema. i uh, sorry, seeing it as like a, well, we need to see this right now. It's just like, this is the film that's out this week. So I'm going to make sure I get to it. If it was out now, I probably think, yeah, I'll probably just wait. Until it comes out, exactly. Yeah, engagement score. Engagement score. Um, uh, and I watched this movie in two sittings. Uh, and when I had to break off the uh, first time, I was very 
annoyed that I had to because I had to go do something else. And I was like, I want to keep watching. I want to see what's happening. I've made an hour in. I want to see the rest of this now. I've, I've committed. So I was clearly very engaged still mm. an hour into the movie. Um, so I'm thinking that I'm probably going to give it a 4.25. Liz. Um, I agree. Actually, give us um, high engagement. I think, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I, w- I wasn't bored. Um, the the, on- the only thing I would I would uh, you know say is, is because I think again this is maybe my own expectations because I, I thought there was going to be you know a reveal and a twist. I kind of w- I was waiting for that you know that moment when you go oh, I see what's happening, um, which you know didn't really happen. So I think there's a, there's a slight kind of the personal sadness on that um you, know, I, like you both had like weight of expectation there yeah. that wasn't really presented well i think because the concept lends itself so well to that mm. i think what we were assuming i don't think we were assuming that out of the blue um and uh and i think i think that would have made it you know when i obviously uh redirect the uh you know the remake um when I've forgotten about this movie in seven years. Um, we should make a film about, the, listen, there's a hut in the woods. Yeah, there's, uh, a hut, there's, there's a hut in the forest. Cabin. And it turns out, yeah. Um, so the I cabin. think there's no that, but I, I, I think it is a, a movie I was not bored watching through. I would, yeah, go Zach, go with 4.25. Cool. Helen. So I just wanted to say that we, we talked briefly about the TV series. It would be kind of cool because they could have Which like, TV series? The, for, for this, this yeah. potential. So it, each episode would be a different, <laughs> one of the scenarios yeah. from around the world and they could bring back the monsters yeah. and it would kind of... Did, know, I, did I miss a conversation? So, so we I, just did I, a did, I very briefly about... said oh, okay, that sorry. I, I thought that, you know, <laughs> because because of how it ends, they've kind of famously said there won't be any sequels to this. But I, I would love to see more stuff done in this world because like you said, there was so much potential. Yeah. Both of you said there's so much potential in what they made. Well, weirdly, a thought of mine. So I also, oh, I, I just watched Stranger Things before I watched this. And... Um, it actually had been a while since I just watched a movie. I'd been watching a lot of series. And I think one of the reasons why it just kind of stated what it was doing and then never actually finished an idea was that they didn't really have the time to develop it. And I think that, you know, if this was a, a Stranger Things style many episodes, you could really have that reveal and that build and the playing with all those, the interesting ideas that they raised a bit more. Mm. So I, that was a thought I had actually while I was watching it. It should, should be longer. Yeah. So do you guys think when if you this concept of a TV series, would it be... Uh, an anthology set in the universe or would it be a, a continuing story following the same characters and watching them perish or survive each oncoming new task per episode? So I- my idea, please don't steal it, would be that there would be the different scenarios across the world and they would all be happening at the same time, but each episode would be those scenarios. So an anth- anthology aspect. Yeah, and that, oh. but then the, the kind of, there would be in each one... Um, the order would be slightly broken and then those survivors like there might be one survivor who who was meant to die first they all end up meeting in kind of like this this sort of mm. basement or similar setting um and then there would be some kind of climax slash weird shit going on there so yeah. i think that would be kind of interesting and with each setting so one of the films that i really 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 like is is westworld which i kind of think the the film not the tv but that is a kind of a horror set in a western setting so they could have a really interesting idea of these different setups that are not necessarily going to a, a cabin in a horror in the woods it could be that you know they, they, they're going on this specific thing which then turns into a horror and they bring in different kind of 
horror aspects into those kind of scenarios, which I think they kind of sort of do a little way, you know, they just pick that the, the horror thing. But again, yeah, there's there's lots of ideas that I really, really like, um, but I just don't think they kind of pull off. And I think the other thing is because it was Joss Whedon, it, this, mm. the expectation was so high on yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this on engagement, this film is like, it's 95 minutes long. It's short. It is short. And, you know, the engagement is pretty high. I did, I was a bit like, really? At the end, I was a bit like, mm. and I don't know. I think I'd, I'd had to go through too many steps to come to Sigourney Weaver explaining it all, which is <laughs> like, one of one of the more fun cameos that I I was a little bit mm, okay. Um, Did you know they originally wanted Jamie Lee Curtis to do it? Oh really? Yeah. Did she say no? Or? I think so. <laughs> she's she's like, busy. No more. No, no, I'm done. And then she came back and did Halloween, and yeah. everyone loves it. And they're making two more. <laughs> is that a is that a good? They're making thing? two because, more. They're making them money. back to back. Um, so engagement score. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for a four. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go for. I think first time watching will be higher. This time, perhaps equally as high, because I feel like I was, A, the distance benefit of watching it quite far apart, uh, and also thinking I was going to take more from it. But I think subsequent watches, I probably wouldn't be needing to pay that much attention. So I'm going to go for three and a half, uh, based on my average of my scores going forward and in the past. So it gives us an average score, an overall score of 3.8435. Uh, yeah. This is where we go to Twitter, and um, as you all know who listen to the podcast, we reached out to guys on Twitter, asked you to give a short review and a five-star rating. Um, so listen, look out for our tweets on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. Um, Zach, do you, can you take the first? Yeah. Right. Uh, I want you to watch this, says, a satire that does horror better than lots of movies trying in earnest. 4.5 stars, Craig. Liz. Uh, this is from the Tasteless podcast great name uh it says this movie is one of the all-time best cameos it made me gasp when a certain someone showed up near the end the whole movie was creative and helped me overcome my prejudices against horror oh uh and the stars uh is a solid four <laughs> helen so this one is from flicks x-rayed this movie has me in stitches every time and i love it is such an amazing horror comedy the first time I saw it in theatres with my friends, there were these really drunk girls in the front row of us who were screaming all the way throughout. It was hilarious. <laughs> they didn't give any stars. Don't like the reviews without stars. Zach, do you want to go for the last one? At every turn, a slasher uh, of conventions and expectations. 4.5 stars. I just want to say thank you, Twitter, for, yeah. for really supporting me and my choice <laughs> of this movie, unlike the panelists. Hey, <laughs> I think you've done well. I think you've done well. well. Yeah, okay, guys, can you uh, briefly sign off by telling us where we can find you online and say... Howdy, Adios. howdy, doody. Adios. Uh, howdy, howdy doody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, Just for uh, you North Americans, that's what <laughs> yep, you say all that, the time. That is what we howdy like. doody, eh? Oh, eh. <laughs> oh, eh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <In> Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, find me on Twitter uh, at ZachFG, as well as you can find my podcast at Orphans Audio, uh, and you can find us across all sorts of social media under those same handles. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been a real joy doing the show. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you can find me personally uh, on Twitter at Liz X Campbell. That's Liz and then just the letter X Campbell. Um, 
my uh, podcasts are at Overcoats Wooden and at Victoriosity. Uh, it's been absolutely wonderful, guys. Uh, thank you so much for letting no us problems. come and let me let, me let me let me rant yeah, at you. <laughs> uh, catch you later, guys. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood R O K K Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you <laughs>